Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Giannis, no problem. Milwaukee comes out and absolutely takes it early to Atlanta. And then throughout the course of it, every time you thought the game might turn around, it did not. And now Milwaukee gets the big win and the 3-2 lead. The question is, did it change anything we actually think about the Bucks, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. Jason Fitz, Monica, Monica McNutt sitting in with Keyshawn. Everybody, happy 4th of July weekend. Like, this is a, I'm know. so proud of you, Fitz. I yeah. thought for sure you were rolling right into I was going to roll question. right in, but you guys didn't like that yesterday. We so say good morning to each other. We audible here. What, do we have big 4th of July plans, Keyshawn? Not really. I, my son got a little AAU, so we got to figure out what we're going to do with that in terms of plans, but... No, I usually have been in the past in California, so it was always go over somebody's house, wait for the sun to go down a little bit, you know, start to do some stuff around 4 o'clock. I don't know what's going on in New York yet, so we'll see. I know he's not bringing a bag of ice. That's what we learned yesterday. We're bringing bags of ice to your house. You open up the grill on a rooftop. Like, what do you mean you don't know what's going on? I mean, you can can come on over to— It's supposed to rain. Like, what? Like, seriously? Come on over to Coney Island, shameless promotion. Check out the ESPN uh, hot dog eating contest. I'm sideline reporting that thing. Let's go. Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat? That contest is like the grossest, most fascinating roadkill-esque I'm telling you, last year I did it, and we were indoors, and I wasn't prepared for the sound. There's this weird, like, sound that, oh, it'll get you. It'll get you. And the splash zone is real. Like, And that's just where, you know, a lot of wet bun just splashing everywhere. Uh, there you go. That's disgusting. <laughs> I thought I the, couldn't. Is this the Nathan uh, Nathan's hot dog Nathan. eating contest? There we go on ESPN. You should What's check it out. What's the guy who was used to do it back in the day and win all the time? Uh, uh, well, Joey Chestnut's the guy that wins right now. Um, Morimoto. Oh no, I'm going to the chef. I'll come with the name in a second. It's early in the morning. So he's not yeah. that guy. No. Isn't doing no, no. it right now. No, Joey Chestnut's the uh, the, the reigning guy. everything for all of it. So you know, there we go. Then we have a little hot dog. Monica, you don't look impressed by this. What are you doing for the fourth? Um, I'm actually going home. One of my good. Friends is having a cookout, and then I'm getting on a train to come back up here for next week. So it's Woo! a so it's called a cookout, not a barbecue. My my folks, we say cookout, yeah, yeah. I think I'm there's DC, an important difference. Like, I'm like there's an important difference. I don't think there's a difference. There's just a regional word preference. What do you call re- it? I think it's a regional deal. Well, what do you I say? Mean, uh, we say barbecue. What do you say? Uh, well, it depends. If you're actually cooking something that involves barbecue, then it's a barbecue. And if you're cooking like burgers, it's cookout. Like, there are two different things. Like, oh, no. if you're bar- <laughs> like, barbecue is an actual, like, food group. In, Carol- in the Carolinas and in Texas and all that, right? It's yeah, like, in the, in the South, right. barbecue it's is a- barbecue. Like, it's totally different. Like, out West, it's a barbecue for us. It's, it's not- a cookout that may include barbecue. But it's a cookout for me. That's funny because one would, of you is a cookout, one of you is a barbecue, and what I'm, depends on what's of a cookout. Like what if it, the grill is involved? Is a cookout in a grill is gas or charcoal? A grill and a food Keyshawn, outside see, makes it a cookout because to me charcoal is barbecue, cookout see, is grill, and that's what I'm saying for me, my region. See it in Yates in my ear to my non. We had this conversation last year around the same thing. It's definitely a West Coast thing. It must barbecue. be a West okay. Coast thing. Well, and I be. will say, I mean, I grew, when I grew up as a kid, I grew up in Vegas as a kid, and I, I think it was always called a barbecue when I'm I was telling a kid. you. But, it's but always were a y'all making barbecue? Right. Yes. That's, that's, so, like, no. not I like mean, slow, pulled pork, like beef brisket, like that kind of barbecue, yeah. or just barbecue sauce on some chicken on the no, charcoal grill? Do I look like the type of dude I'm that at, would break out a package and just throw it on the grill? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not, that did not mean that to be disrespectful. No, but you do look like the type of dude that would pay somebody to break out and put it on the grill. We are legitimately working through this. No, man, I get down. I sit there oh, yeah, and prep. I get, 
No, 100%. Oh, okay. oh, I get down every single Which night. Which is why it is an absolute travesty that we're not bringing ice so that he can get down on the rooftop on his barbecue. All right. Well, I'll be at Coney Island, so just shoot me the address, and I'll just swing on by after we'll, I watch a bunch we'll, of people gorge we'll on hot dogs. Out, we'll figure out over time the difference between the barbecue and no, we just figured the food. It out. It's the, the food that's being cooked. No, we'll no it's figure not. It out. It's a regional word oh, preference. I think it's a regional word preference. Yeah. And how you cook the food. How did the Bucks cook what they needed to cook? Oh, look at you. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're going to get into a lot this morning with name, image, likeness. Keyshawn's got some hot football takes. But we start with some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless that comes from what we saw last night. Now, yesterday as we left air, one of us <sighs> smartly predicted that Wait the Bucks would now. win the game. And uh, feeling way, pretty way to go out on the limb. I mean, Well, I mean, uh, one of us scared. was right. Two of us were not. So I'm going to gloat a little bit. The oh, question is. I don't remember this, but go ahead. I mean, I, I we asked yesterday like who's going to win the game. We last, said game or series. I, uh, game, I think it a was. A bit of both. We did a bit all of right. both. Yeah. Our show, Monica. I don't remember all Listen, of it. The Bucks cannot win this series if Giannis doesn't come back. That's well, well, that that is absolutely not true. But I will say this: it gets a lot easier if they get Trey Young back. We all know that. That's something Stephen A. Smith, first take host, said on Sports Center at night last night. You got to hope and pray that Trey Young's going to come back because he's a difference maker. Uh, his long range sniper ability, his cat quickness, his ability to get into the lane, and more importantly, to draw fouls and to put your bigs in compromising situations defensively. That's something that we can't simply minimize. You're going to need Trey Young back. Hopefully, he'll be able to come back. Your plan can't be, we just got to get Trey Young back. That's something that's a variable. My question is, when we saw the Bucks go in last night with a level of fire and a level of tenacity that we had expected in the game before, we saw the Bucks come in and really attack the paint. They were absolutely treacherous in that area. And then we saw Holiday and Middleton have big games. Yesterday, as we were talking about the Bucks and the failings without Giannis, there were a lot of questions about Coach Bud's ability to adjust and Holiday and, and Middleton's ability ability to step up. Did y'all change your mind last night? Um, I wouldn't no. necessarily say change my <laughs> mind. I've, I looked at game four, much like probably the Bucks did, and they made the necessary adjustment in sending themselves. We started off shooting threes, and Giannis didn't pound the paint like we did before. Let's go back to what we can know we have our strength, and our strength is making sure Brooke Lopez goes down low and pound the paint instead of shooting threes. He had 33 points. He was 14 to 16 that, from the field. When you look at that and you do that, that's how you win games. When you're out there shooting threes, when you're eight feet tall, that's not how you win games. I understand that's the modern-day way to go in the NBA, but when you have a dominant player inside the paint, you take advantage of that situation, and they didn't do it in game four. That's why, that's why Atlanta was able to even it, and once they got home, they made that adjustment on a 48-hour period. They did. You have to give your credit a due to the coaching staff of the Milwaukee Bucks and say whatever the game plan was in four, they didn't do in five. I mean, they did in five that they didn't do in four. That's simple. Were you a particip- you're not a participation trophy guy. You know the saying when your folks, I don't know about y'all, but my folks, I'm not applauding you for what you're supposed to do. That's where I'm at with this. Because to me, focus would have been taking care of business in game four. Yesterday, they're at home. Drew Holiday is 25 and 13. And also, I do think we need to pump our brakes a little bit on bashing uh, Lopez because a stretch five is a thing in this league. But anyway, he was a very efficient in the paint. But to me, this is why this Buck squad was put together. Now, minus Giannis, you're seeing the same infusion and galvanizing around their missing guy. Plus, they were at home. This entire game, for as well as they played, the Hawks were never completely out of it once they closed that first quarter gap. 
I mean, but this is a game where they came out to a 20-point lead. It did get down to single digits in the second half, but they withstood that punch, and then they turned around and still won by a comfortable margin. I mean, at what point do we we look at that and say, hey, like, because yesterday it was, well, Gallinari can shoot, and they may not have an answer for that. Well, he still got his, and the Bucs had an answer for that. And say, hey, what? You did what you're supposed to do? I mean, but that's a lose-lose situation. It's not a – well, that's what happens when you're supposed to be one of five teams that was legit supposed to contend for a a title this year. I'm happy. Having a hard time giving this Bucks team unreasonable amounts of praise because the standard is high, and maybe that's unfair. But tough cookies. I'm sorry. I, like I just yesterday to me, Drew Holiday played excellent. Lopez played excellent. But this is a squad that, if we were to look at on paper, I don't think anybody would say they are not as talented as the Atlanta Hawks. The reason that I'm in on the Atlanta Hawks is what their body of work over the course of this playoff run in terms Tenacity, of how they responded. The, the yeah, way that they continue to excel. When you look at but it the 30 be the points, think about it. The 30 points that was essentially taking a, taken away from them when Giannis was gone, Brooke Lopez gave it to him. Yeah, well, I'm just Brooke Lopez gave it to him. Okay, so I love trash TV, and there's a show called Summer House that's on. Like, I know that show. I love yeah. Summer House, and there's a girl on that. I don't watch that, it, but I the know entire it. time she's like, "I need you to be more loving to her boyfriend. I need you to be more loving. I need you to show me more." So he sets up this massive date, and he goes all out, and he puts like candles all over the lawn to spell "I love you," and he makes her dinner, and he does all of this for her birthday, and she turns around and she says, "Eh." I'm not going to give you credit for doing what you're supposed to do. It's a lose-lose situation. I'm going to give the Bucks credit for what they did last night. That's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. We're going to keep arguing about the Bucks and how no, much, we don't, we what, don't what the standard is. Show, if you notice. <laughs> There's no arguments on the show. It's conversation. I'm going to keep uh, having a conversation. Passionately debating and no, passionately we don't disagreeing. Debate. We don't, we don't with, debate. We have a conversation. Hey. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want because I'm the quarterback. Hey, listen, I'm just not going to give you credit for what you're supposed to do. Oh, my God. I don't. Straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Good Lord. Uh, We'll get back to it in a bit. But one team was fined $10 million yesterday. Some are saying it wasn't enough. We'll tell you about it next. But Key first has this from O, 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 Riley. You know the O, 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 Riley (laughs) auto parts. Woo! When you need uh, – When you need auto parts, <laughs> O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. They offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online at O'ReillyAuto.com and pick up for free, free stuff at your local auto parts store. They even bring it to you curbside. Wow, that's amazing. Or you can choose to have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over 35 bucks. Hmm, that's Nice. Get your auto parts quickly with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com today. We'll tell you that we care about women, but when it comes to a longstanding owner, eh, we don't actually care that much. If you look at the fine, it's less than a million dollars a year. They're basically in this report saying that everything we heard was true. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The NFL has spoken regarding the Washington football team. The question is, did they do enough? Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Jason Fitz and Monica McNutt in, hanging out with Keyshawn Johnson. And for anyone that hasn't seen the news, the Washington football team has been fined $10 million as a result of the league's investigation in the team's workplace culture. The money, quote, will be used to support organizations committed to character education, anti-bullying, healthy relationships, and related topics. That's according to the league. Now, uh, we should note that the league uh, has been conducting this independent investigation uh, through this process of several months. They talked to over 150 current and former employees on and off the record. They offered anonymity in the process of trying to figure out as much information as they could possibly get. From that, they decided that this was egregious and deserved a $10 million fine. The question is, was that enough? It's important first to hear a little from Adam Schefter. Uh, this is Adam Schefter yesterday on SportsCenter talking about how the league determined that they wanted to go this route rather than any other. A law firm in Washington interviewed over 150 current and former employees, and they found an organization that sounded like it was run out of a cesspool, where there was harassment, where there was intimidation, where there was bullying, where there was women who did not feel safe in that particular work environment. And so the league handed down a figure that certainly sounds stiff, but in a way, it's not very much considering the fact that there were no suspensions and there were no loss of draft picks in this particular case. No suspensions, no loss of draft picks, and a $10 million, I'm going to totally jade this, but $10 million fine to an organization that, according to the Google's machine, is worth $3.5 billion. Dan Snyder worth $2.6 billion, according to Forbes. $10 million, Keyshawn, is that enough? No, it's, it, it really isn't. Um, <clears throat> that's somewhat of a, a walk in the park because it's $10 million, but when you start writing it down and playing with it and taxes and doing different things from a corporate standpoint, that ain't even $10 million. It's less than that. Um, you know, it, 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 the Washington football team – Previously, the Washington Redskins have obviously gone through so much, and Daniel Snyder, as the owner, has gone through so much. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm always wondering why the NFL and Roger Goodell, the commissioner, and the rest of the owners didn't a while ago kind of approach the situation differently with 
allowing other people to step in and purchase the team. Um, All the way from the naming of the football team to where we are today and everything in between. Instead, they allowed Daniel Snyder the opportunity to try and get things right within his organization, bringing in guys like Jason Wright, just try bringing in Ron Revere, just trying to get it right, opposed to really being harsh and saying your organization in Washington essentially has given another black eye to the shield. We don't want you in our group anymore. So you think they should have forced Snyder at some point to sell? I mean, it was so it got so bad at some point. Now we're looking at it still. They had to interview 150 people, man, to try mm-hmm. to fix. That's a lot of people to have to talk to about what went on within the organization. Now imagine the people that they didn't interview, that they missed on, or somebody that didn't want to talk to them for whatever reasons. And that, to me, is just like, you know, and I know it's totally different in the NBA than it is in the NFL. And I know it's a totally different situation with the L.A. Clippers than it is with the Washington football team. But – Donald Sterling was forced to get rid of that team. It was like, in in these circles, people know what goes on. Everybody knew in the NBA that Donald Sterling was a mess. And then eventually it became even worse, and they said, we can't do it anymore. And I'm sure people within the National Football League, within the circles, could sniff and smell that something wasn't right. That's It, it just, it makes no sense, but... You know what? I don't have $2.6 billion to fight it. Daniel Snyder does. Ooh. So there you go. So this is uh, – all right, full full disclosure. Obviously, that is my home team. I have worked for the organization over the course of my career. And when I think back to Emily Applegate, who was um, the woman that was willing to go forward and be the voice of all the things that needed to be addressed within this organization – I can't help but think, Key, that part of the reason there has not been a heavier penalty is because ownership, owners, are all trying to protect one another. Now, I cannot, I cannot definitely say I'm not reporting that any other organization has this level of issues culturally. But what I can say as a woman in this space is that the stories that I heard from this article, while I didn't witness any of them personally, and thank God I don't have a ton of horror stories from the business, this kind of stuff is pretty common. And I think if you are not extremely cognizant of making sure that the culture of your building is inclusive and healthy for all parties involved, there is smoke and there could be potential fire, right? And so to me, if the league and the owners allowed Snyder to be forced out, there would have been a precedent set that put everybody else in jeopardy moving forward should any little skeleton fall out of the closet. Not little skeleton. I don't want to minimize it. But you feel me? Yeah. So it it feels like closing ranks. Is this enough? Probably not. Is it at least enough to cause organizations to truly examine what they have going on and realize that we are in a different place in terms of what – People, women in particular, demand in the workplace and expect in the workplace. Yeah. So moving forward, it becomes a cautionary tale. Is it heavy enough? Probably not. But here's my issue. And Monica, I think you make a great point. There is some level of ownership has to worry about what does he know about our organization or Mm -hmm. who else is. Like, I get that. That's why I said that you can't tell me that other owners and other teams around the league 
can't smell it right. and but, see it. But the reason that, to me, $10 million isn't anywhere near enough is because it doesn't hurt the Washington football team long term. They print money in the NFL. I mean, there is yeah. no the, – their ability to make $10 million is like this. For somebody that bought a franchise in the late 90s for around $800 million that's now worth $3.5 billion – Money's never the issue. If you really want to hurt a football team, you have to take away draft equity. You have to punish them in some way that hurts their product on the field long term. Otherwise, there is no message being sent. Help me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that we see the league really punish teams consistent. Like... They don't, but that's where we have to at least then this – is, this is the only opportunity we have for any level of accountability is to look and at so, the NFL Dre, and say, hey, and so, I see what you're doing. It's transparent, Dre, and it's not going to work. Dre, you're right, Fitz. Draft picks certainly will hurt you long term. A, a, a more money from a financial standpoint, more money you put into something, the better things happen within the organizations that you give the money to because they have – money now to do what they need to do with the resource, bring resources in to help. Um, draft picks certainly, draft picks certainly would have certainly helped the situation out. I think in terms of the way people feel about it, not being a harsher punishment. You I know. think ultimately either add an extra zero to it, make it a hundred million dollars or just take a bunch of draft picks and then you're sending a message. Yeah, Otherwise it's all, why not do well, both? Well, you're right. We will get back to this, uh, but we got to get into this. Reggie Bush wants his Heisman back. So will the NCAA give the Heisman or give him the Heisman? I don't know what that means, Evan. That's next. KJ, oh, give the Heisman. Oh, the hand. Ah. There we go. Okay. You know, we're going to talk about Reggie Bush and the Heisman next. That, that could have been that simple. That's next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Now you've got compliance officers at every school that are going to be trying to figure out what's okay, what's not okay, the involvement of outside parties. Whether you think this is good, bad, or indifferent, it is changing. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Name image like this is here. It's happening. Get the out. question is, can we go back 
in time and react and uh, change any of the past perceived wrongs. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Monica McNutt, Jason Fitz sitting in with Keyshawn Johnson. And Key, I know this is going to be near and dear to your heart because we can all remember. With, what did I do now? Well, I mean, you always doing something. There, there are certain schools that maybe you you have you know some some love for, and certain players I would presume you might have some love for. Reggie Bush, maybe one of those. I'm just I'm just guessing along the way. Reggie Bush wants his Heisman back, and realistically, he wants his Heisman back because remember it was taken from him as part of the punishment for what was perceived as improper <laughs> benefits, and so uh, now he's come back and said he wants it back. His people have received essentially a good for you, that's cute sort of response. Nobody seems to want to help. Should Reggie Bush get his Heisman trophy back? I mean, they shouldn't have never taken it in the first place. We all saw Reggie Bush on the field, and we all saw exactly what Reggie Bush did in college. Okay, so you, you get, you're taking this Heisman from him to begin with. And when that first happened, and I told Reggie, I said, man, if I was you, the first thing I would do is I'd chop that thing up to a 1,000 pieces put it in a USPS box. There you go. And send it back <laughs> with a letter with some other stuff in that what letter. What kind of tool you have but, to have to cut up the Heisman? That's my real follow-up. A saw would do saw, it. Well, okay. A saw would do it because the NC2A is stupid. You know, it, it just – other players have gotten themselves into situations in the past, and they've won awards, and they didn't take their stuff back. But this was a deeper – this was just deeper – what happened to USC at that time. It was deeper than just Reggie Bush. It has something to do with the USC, the program, the, the, the way we were had the swag. It was just a whole different level. If Bush, they should give him his records back. You know, he's been invited now back to the university because he was banned from the university. Mm-hmm. That was part of the whole uh, agreement. Did, did, the, uh, did the university oblige that part or did the NCAA? Uh, I, think the, I think the university went back to the NC2A. Got it. And before the president of the University Athletic Department kind of was like, we didn't want to touch it after we signed off on it to get rid of Reggie, to have him not be a part of affiliated with the university or the program. They kind of went away from it. But then his good teammate and Matt Leinart helped engineer uh, everything to get, you know, peace to agreement. get the, the peace agreement basically with the university. The university goes back to the NC2A and they figured it out. Listen. They should give it back to him, though. 100%. Because we saw it with our own damn eyes. So we're going to go back then and, like, all the vacated, everything. We're just going to do everything. Ohio State, everybody. Give it all back. You might as well just give it. Yeah, you might Uh, as well. Why not? Here's the thing. When you know better, you begin to do better, right? And I'm not going to say that Reggie was ahead of his time and was a leader, right, in this space. At the time, it was NCAA violations. However, you cannot negate, to Keith's point, what we all saw. And now that we are acknowledging that the structure of the NCAA being forced to, the Supreme Court is acknowledging the structure of the NCAA as is was not acceptable. We can't do this moving forward. If the NCAA is sincere, they would take this step because it says we've learned and we want to be better moving and forward. And they're not going to do that Of course part, they're though. not going to. They're not going to, well, they're not going to is, admit to wrong. It is difficult, though, because the rule existed at the time. And look, and but we're, we're t- asking the NCAA to be more progressive than we are as a country. Like, I'll, I'll always go, and this is state but by state. Fits. They're still working this out. But, like, as somebody, I, I, I've always been very open. My brother served a lot of time for possession with the intent to distribute. Now, many of the things that he was in jail for are no longer illegal. The process of trying to get that off your record is not cut and 
and dry in every state. So we're asking the NCAA to be actually more progressive than our entire national judicial system yes. is. Like, yes, and we that's, are. But that, that's asking a lot, isn't it? Is it? No, it no, doesn't. Even if not. you don't formally go through, we have this trophy. Make a statement. Say, we have now reviewed our standards, our practices with the changing times. We acknowledge that this was one of the more high-profile examples of where we missed the mark. Give me something. Give me that's something. Fair. You know what they, I mean? They, they, went after, a, they, they went after Reggie Bush again because they went after our university and they didn't like the way we did things. That it, 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 because Reggie Bush wasn't receiving improper benefits from the university, I promise you. It was not from the university. And Reggie Bush was not allegedly receiving improper benefits from a company because of his name, likeness, and image. This was all something for projections in the future when he got to the National Football League. It wasn't about college. It wasn't about college. Everything Reggie did on the field, we saw. Okay, so why would you want to strip his, you think giving him, allegedly, I like to say that, you think giving him $100 or whatever the number was made Reggie Bush go for 250 yards in a game? No, no, but but realistically, no. I mean, where do we draw the line? I, I, so I'll go back to my fandom as a kid. I grew up a UNLV fan, right? Grew up in Vegas. Or you? The uh, oh man, no, I grew <laughs> up in the basketball. Run, right, right. Okay. I grew up in okay. the. I grew up saying, in the Stacey Augman, about, Larry Johnson. We're like, talking about football, so I wanted to make sure on, you were talking football. about basketball. But let football. look at that that running Rebels team that uh, you know won a national championship, one hundred three seventy three over Duke. Thank you, and then lost the next year in the undefeated season. Like that team was just that program was destroyed large because of investigations about guys taking improper benefits. You mean like that Carvette? Uh, yeah, well, or like <laughs> no. a picture on the newspaper of them with like a no. known like gambling guy. But all of those, you start looking back at it and our program's then going to start looking at it and say, well, you gave us these penalties and SMU. look at the revenue lost and now we're going to turn around and say, you owe us something. Like, so, where so does no. the line fall? Uh, to me, and that's why I said it may not be done and probably will not be done truly. A Heisman is probably not showing up at Reggie's house. But acknowledging some of our bigger, high-profile missteps, to me, in good faith. Now, that may not be enough for Reggie. Very rarely but is everybody involved But we saw him happy. play. We know he won the Heisman. We know. We saw it with our own so, eyes. Right. Re- but, what I, but to like, Fitz's point about where the line is, so just reinstate it. Reinstate that. Yes. It seems pretty simple, but it's at a simple. minimum for me, you at least make a statement, acknowledge it, show that you're trying to be more progressive. In the your university mindset. didn't lose. Uh, the university didn't lose the revenue, revenue yeah. because they took Reggie's Heisman. Right. This is not UNLV's basketball. But, this is but, not no, SMU. But, but everything is about precedent, right? Like, that's the one thing that I would say the, the NCAA's looking Now, I don't know, and, and I'll try and find out over the course of the next couple hours. I don't know if the Heisman could essentially do this and have no recourse because the Heisman is their Committee, own. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Heisman House and the Heisman Trust could turn Reggie around and do this. Put Reggie in a Nissan commercial. You know, uh, that's, how we'll, that's how we'll fix it. I, I mean. <laughs> the no, Nissan Heisman commercial. But it is at least, you know, where do you go? Because, like, you mentioned Ohio State. Like, we have to remember that mm-hmm. Jim Tressel left Ohio State after the tattoo, tattoo. scandal, like right? Like, now, and I wouldn't even call it a scandal, man. I'm signing something for you to get some damn tattoos. The, the reality, so stupid. though. The reality, it is though. stupid, but it was the stupid rule at the time. At the and time. if you broke the stupid rule at the time, do we just go in and say, but, Monica, you make a good point that, hey, maybe you want to go in and historically right some wrongs. Like, I, I'm not sure yeah. that's the worst thing to do. 
I just don't know where we draw the line. Like vacated wins for teams, do we we put those back? Like you know, if you won a national championship and it's been taken, or you won games and they've been taken, Michigan. Do we bring coaching records back that have been vacated because you know the games were taken away? Louisville, Michigan on on the basketball side. First of all, as much as you vacate, even if you use the word vacate, whatever year was vacated, there is no other. Like, the runner-up doesn't, you know what I'm saying, by default become that champion. No, but you took that banner down, so do we put the banner right. back so up? so I was about to say, give me, give me the ceremonial things. Michigan gets their banner back. Uh, I don't want to mention, that was another issue with them other schools that I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let, let these teams have their acknowledgments back, at least. Team or programs and players. In the yeah, I mean, what's, what's it going? Who's it hurt? Yeah, I was gonna say, what's it going to hurt and who's it going to hurt? Well, like, uh, it doesn't hurt anybody. It just is a big change. I mean, because there's been coaches. That, well, there are coaches that have had wins vacated that affect the all-time win-loss record, for example, which I don't care about, but historians do. Like th- that impacts the basketball Hall of Fame, right? So, like, how where where do we draw the line on what we're going to get back? I, I mean, we give Reggie case, back as Heisman. It's a case by case basis in in what were the acts at the time. That's the way I would look at it. I mean, I just feel like we could spend 10 years trying to. But to, you took a dude's hardware. Yeah, like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Uh, Reggie, Reggie is like the banner for this. So, to, again, case by case, this one in particular. But, there's, there's two that kind of stand out to me that like, all right, let's 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 make a statement. Let's do something. Let's ceremonially, ceremonially, ceremoniously, ceremoniously there it is, yeah. uh, address it. Just in good faith. It's the easy one. The problem is everything is done, not everything, much in the world is done with what precedent am I setting and what's it mean for future litigation? Like, I just believe, the cynic in me believes that. And so what you're opening, your by doing the easy one, you're going to get asked what to do about the hard ones. And the NCAA needs to be really careful about reopening that. All right, just like they had a rule that applied at the time and just like we're moving forward, they need to come up with whatever, if it meets this criteria, we will allow it to be reinstated by it's, our record books. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Keyshawn's still shaking his head. Once yeah, get that. Get we'll we'll, we'll get some back. thoughts on this from our next chop guest. That, chop it up and put it in a box and send it back. Mike Tannenbaum joins us, ESPN NFL front office insider. Hey, Mike, yeah. we're having a raging debate. In your mind, should Reggie Bush get that Heisman back? Absolutely. And I think he was validated along with countless others like The University of Michigan basketball team, I think what the NCAA said yesterday was something that we all knew for a long time. So absolutely, I think it's well-deserved, and he should be reinstated. There's no question in my mind. Mike, you were an agent once upon a time, obviously, before you got back into the front office in the National Football League. While you were an agent, with this NIL thing going on, what would you and how would you advise some of these young players in college to handle the situation? You know, the race is long key and that you want to associate yourself with brands that hopefully will put some money in your pocket, but as importantly, amplify the messages that you stand for and are proud of and that you shouldn't take an extra dollar or two key from some you know company you don't know a lot about or what they, they stand for. So hopefully these athletes are getting good advice and they're getting opportunities that they've deserved, obviously, for years and years and years, but they're going about it smartly and not just taking, the, you know, the first dollar they see in front of them. Uh, mm, okay, interesting. All right, so are we going to football now? We're going, we're going to NFL now. Yeah, we're okay. going to the NFL. We're going to NFL now. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Baker. Too high or too low? Yesterday on the show, Mike, he had Baker ranked eighth among AFC quarterbacks. 
Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, there's a whole bunch, you know, from Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill. Absolutely. I think seven or eight is about where he belongs. And I think fundamentally what's important is that Cleveland doesn't pay him as a great quarterback because he's not. He's a good quarterback. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, while he was in Minnesota on their offensive staff, they won with Case Keenum. They won with Kirk Cousins. And Cleveland has a lot of really good players like Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. Make sure you take care of those guys. And something else that we forget is Baker Mayfield has two more years on his contract. We're talking to Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL uh, front office insider. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about something with the OTAs that came out. Uh, I see the fines for the Jags, 200000 bucks for the, uh, for the team, 100000 bucks for Urban Meyer. If you're talking to a new coach that's coming into the NFL, what organizational responsibility is there to make sure that they understand the rules? You know, Jason, these are hard rules. Uh, teams get fined every year because you're trying to tell players who are competitive that they can't be. You're trying to untrain them. I think the problem for Urban is timing and credibility from this standpoint. He's coming in trying to establish himself, trying to say, hey, I'm going to be different than Nick Saban. Steve Spurrier, all these other college guys that transition, I believe in player health and safety. So the optics aren't good and the timing isn't good, but I think he'll learn from it. But this is where you would need people around him. There's a lot of experience, Joe Cullen, Brian Schottenheimer, uh, Daryl Bevel, their GM, Trent Baalke, where they should have said, hey, Urban, here's the line and let's be careful because in year one, you just don't need this. Urban's just continuing to have us talk about him for (laughs) stepping on his own toes seem like almost every single month. The Philadelphia Eagles made a decision, Mike, to go away from Carson Wentz, and it looks like it's Jalen Hurts' team as of right now entering in training camp. Who will have the better year in 2021? Will it be Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? I think Carson Wentz will. Um, he's in the ideal situation. He has the best offensive line. He has a really good group of young receivers. So when you factor in the supporting cast, I would take Wentz over Hurts. Which former Alabama quarterback, yesterday I was asked this question on uh, first take, which former quarterback from Alabama that's currently in the National Football League? We got Tua in Miami. We have Mac Jones in New England. And we got Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Of the three, who will have the better NFL career? Yeah, I would throw a fourth in there. I would not take Greg McElroy, somebody that I drafted. <laughs> oh, God. Obviously was a better broadcaster than player. So just chalk that up as a mistake. You know, Key, I've made a couple of mistakes in the front office, as you may recall. So yes. we'll throw McElroy into that as well. <laughs> um, I, w- I would take Mac Jones. I-, I like him a lot. He reminds me of a young, a little bit more athletic Matt Ryan. I think his arm strength is a little bit underrated, and I think he has a chance because of his physical characteristics to have a really good NFL career. I think those other two, just because of their physical limitations, have a chance to be good, but I think Mac Jones has a chance to be very good. And I I think he will be at some point in time a very solid quarterback in the National Football League. The reason I take Jalen Hurts, as you know, Mike, when you look around the landscape of the NFL – It's about athletic ability at these quarterback spots. It's not about athletic ability in the pocket. I have no idea what that even means when people refer to Mac Jones. But Jalen Hurts could pull the ball down when he needs to to get out of trouble, a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Cam Newton, a la Trey Lance, and some of the other quarterbacks that have the ability to escape the pocket when everything breaks down. I don't know that Mac Jones, the way the NFL is right now at the quarterback spot, has that ability to do that. People are trying to tell me, He's more athletic than what we've seen. Now, 
I don't know because them dudes chasing is mighty damn athletic. <laughs> Easy Mac. Yo, Key, it's really Yo, Key, I'll tell you what, it's funny you say that because I keep talking about that with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield came out, ran four eight five, and in college you could outrun most defense linemen. You can't do that anymore in the NFL. And that's where I think Baker Mayfield has a fatal flaw. He can't outrun defensive linemen. It's just math and physics. As it relates to Mac Jones, I was at the Senior Bowl last year. I was pleasantly surprised at his movement. I don't think he's a great athlete at all. But again, when you look at the success of someone like Matt Ryan, who has a good arm, not a great athlete, I thought Mac Jones had a chance to be similar in style to Matt Ryan. As it relates to Hurts, I like Jalen Hurts. He is, has great intangibles. He's a really good athlete. He's going to have to prove that he can make throws from the pocket consistently mm-hmm. because, again, Key, yeah. if we were defending Jalen Hurts, what would we say all week? Set the edge, collapse the pocket, you'll make it noisy for him. And if he can do that, then he'll have a really, really good NFL career. Let's go back to Baker Mayfield because earlier you said that you know he's replaceable. You can replace him, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum type, based on Kevin Stefanski's offense coming from Minnesota. I, I agree with you that I can find a, I like to call them, serviceable, non-problematic quarterbacks to help me in a situation get to where I need to get to, which those guys are. But they're not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has a lot of on the field, off the field, snack, crackle, pop, energy, all of the things that you pay for outside of statistics. Why is he replaceable to you? Because Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski, that front office and organization has a really good football team, especially if Odell Beckham can stay healthy in 17 games. And I think you can win with other quarterbacks. And Drew Brees, for example, is an exception to the rule. He was slow and short, obviously had a Hall of Fame career. But what did New Orleans have for a decade? Great surrounding cast, great offensive linemen that were strong and stout that could set a really good pocket where he could step up. And I think for Baker, over time, Key, his physical limitations are going to show up. And again, if we were drafting AFC quarterbacks, he's 7th or 8th. And one of the things you have to do in a front office, and it's hard, I've made this mistake before, is really? if you have a good player, you can't... You can't. <laughs> I made some really good trades, though. Where you, when I've traded serviceable wide receivers. I think that's the word you serviceable, right? Um, anyway... <laughs> if I can get back to my point, um, <clears throat> you better pay good quarterbacks, good money, not great money. You can't pay Baker Mayfield $40 million because you have so many other good players you want to keep. If we could pay Baker $28, $30 million, great, because now not, I know but, I can but, keep but, but, but I'm Denzel not, hey, Ward. Mike, Mike, I don't want to – you cannot decide not to pay Baker Mayfield what the market says. I, You mess around and think He's not you, good can, enough. you can't. He's not good enough. You can't do that. No way, Mike. You taking him from the market to way below the market. You just can't do it. He's a guy who, yeah, well, within the-, the system, is extremely good. We just saw Ryan Tannehill get paid based on a system that is good for him. You can't do that. Mike, I, I hate to cut you off and not let you respond, but we're right up <laughs> yeah, against it, Mike. I appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Have he a beautiful, wonderful fourth. Oh, he's Keyshawn. That's what his name's on the show, man. We can't stop it. Mike, we appreciate you. Have a great fourth, brother. Thank you. 
I, I, look, that's a brilliant skill by you. Take it right up to there, and then he can't he can't respond at all. This is this is just, it, it's charming and it's perfect. But I do see your point, and I think you're right. Like the problem is, if you aren't going to pay Baker, somebody is. Like he's not going to take a deal for mm-hmm. less. I mean, he's going to sit there and say, "Franchise me, or I'll go somewhere else." And realistically, that's the that is the thing about the quarterback position is somebody will pay him. All right, we'll, we'll get more into that in a second. But coming up, are the Bucks about to say this buds for someone else? That's next. KJZ on ESPN Radio and ESPN News.